It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Forehand, cross court by Sevalinka, up the line, Rebarkana. It's out! Marina Sevalinka. She dreamed as a young girl for being a Grand Slam champion, and she's got there. A victory so well deserved. Championship point number three to win a tenth Australian Open. Cross court backhand, Sitsi Pass. Forehand up the line. It gets uh, him stretching here. Sitsi Pass over the baseline. Novak Djokovic. He cannot be beaten. And he didn't get beaten too often for the entirety of 2023. I uh, love a guest that brings his own audio to the table. Well done to Brett Phillips as we reviewed the year in tennis and BP joins me. G'day, BP. Oh, come on, Jules. You know I'm a very, very modest man. <laughs> very modest man. <laughs> well, I've got a text. If I, I'll come on only if you play my audio. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's okay. Sometimes that's you, no, if no one else is going to pump up your tyres, you've got to pump up your own. Absolutely, you? BP. No <laughs> doubt at all. Thanks for your time as we look back on the year in tennis, the summer of tennis, not too far away, even though if we were playing today, we'd be on the indoor courts. Not a great day for tennis mm. uh, in Melbourne. Okay, let's start on the positive, uh, BP. Who will put their head on the pillow on uh, December 31st and go, that was a year to remember for me in the world of tennis? Yeah, I was obviously looking at both sides of the tour, Jules, and I had a look at the uh, the WTA side, and I suppose the story that has stood out for the year, and we'll see if this actually carries over to some players who are also going to be coming back from uh, giving birth. And this year we saw uh, Alina Svitolina, you know, former yep. world number three. She'd won a tour finals. She had 12 months out of the game. She came back with no ranking, and obviously because of her status, with the pregnancy, um, you know, you get some wild cards, you get a protected ranking uh, when she, you know, obviously departed the sport on maternity leave. And to come back and make a quarterfinal of the French Open, a semi-final of Wimbledon, and to win a title, which was a WTA 500 title, and go from no ranking back to 25 in the world, that is the feel-good story on the women's side of the tour this year. And, you know, you don't lose your ability. She had to obviously get, you know, the, the miles back in the legs and just get the fitness back, the tennis fitness, but, you know, she'd lost none of her competitive juices. And I just think back to that French Open, you know, obviously being married to Gail Monfils, uh, a bit like back in the day when Kim Clijsters was, you know, going out with Leighton Hewitt, you know, the French adopted Alina and she just rode that wave of emotion. I mean, she played some outstanding matches. So... This will be interesting. It'll get on to one of the other questions we'll ponder a little bit later on the chat as to whether yeah, some of the other mums can come back yes. and have the same sort of impact in 2024. Yeah, that's an absolute cracker, uh, Alina Svitolina. Uh, there's a couple that probably stand out on the men's side, uh, BP. Mm. A couple of obvious ones, I think, unless there's uh, someone a bit left field that I've, I've missed. 
Well, I, I think it's probably it's two guys. Well, certainly one who um, has elevated his game. I mean, to go from between 10 and 20 in the rankings to be in the top four yep. is a huge, huge step up. So we've got to just praise the young Italian this year, Yannick Sinner. He's just had a brilliant year. You know, 64 match wins, four titles. Look, he has made an impression pretty much since he transitioned from juniors to the pros. I mean, it was a really quick, fast progression to be inside the top 100, the top 50, the top 20, and now well entrenched inside the top 10. He adds Darren Cale to an expanded coaching team. He's come out of his shell that, you know, actually now belong with Alcaraz uh, up there as the main talking point of the young generation. So he's walking tall, uh, and he's a tall, strapping lad who you know has now developed this all-court game where he feels confident in any part of the court because he wasn't the most natural volleyer and was a bit awkward in that forward part of the court. But now he's uh, he's sharp, and that, that's what they've really worked on to match you know the natural firepower from the back of the court. And the other one well has to be Ben Shelton. I mean he's just had an incredible year, gone from 96 to 17. I'll say that he's had an incredible year of performing when it counts at the really big yeah. tournament uh, because he's still been finding his way on the tour. He didn't necessarily fire on the clay or the grass, uh, but you make a quarterfinal of the Aussie Open, you make a semi-final of the US, so you just you get bucket loads of points, and he wins a 500 in Asia as well. So he's just got you know big time performer about him, and I think in the future we're going to see him. Just be one of those guys who will... The, the bigger the stake, uh, the better he will play. And there's a young kid from America, Alex Mickelson, who's gone from where Shelton was last year, which was about 500-odd, to be just inside the top 100. Uh, we'll see if this guy follows the Shelton path in uh, in 2024. A college product like Shelton, uh, the Americans here, we, we know they bat pretty deep. Yeah, Darren Cale, he's done it again. What a great coach he has been. Just on Novak, I'm not sure if you saw the 60 Minutes chat he did in the States uh, a couple of weeks ago, but what he was saying about his mental toughness and what he looks for in an opponent, even you know how much they're, they're sweating between points and uh, at sitting down between games and all the little mental uh, things he looks for, I thought was absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and that's where he, he's taken... He's taken all of that stuff to the the next level um, in terms of being so meticulous about everything. We we know it's well documented how meticulous he's been about his diet and you know everything else that goes into his body. Uh, we see at courtside, you know, with his team, you know, the preparation uh, of when he needs fluids and everything else for a match. I think he's just he's just gone to another level, which you know the young generation are still learning about how to manage their bodies, how to. Uh, manage their way through a five-set match if you're going to beat Djokovic over the duration. So, yeah, I mean, he's, he's lacked nothing for attention to detail. And, and the psychological edge is is huge. Uh, this, is, this is a game where it's little margins. It separates winning or losing. You're trying to find half a percent, a percent an edge where you can just get the better of your opponent. So, yeah, whilst he, whilst he still maintains um, his physical presence on court, He's going to win the mind battles more than not. It's just whether the body will, you know, keep going. The signs are right now that he's in pretty good shape, but who knows what that looks like, you know, in 12 months' uh, time. On the flip side, BP, who will be more than happy that 2023 is over? Yeah, well, on the men's side, I went with a couple of guys who were entrenched in the top 10 this year and looked like they were probably going to maintain their position. One of them was Casper Ruud, who started the year three in the world. He made the two Grand Slam finals in 2022. He won a lot of tournaments. 
and really established himself as a terrific player. But, you know, he's dipped out to 11. Uh, he did make the final of the French. I mean, the clay we know is his preferred surface, but, you know, only went second round at all the other majors. So it was a bit of an underwhelming year when we thought he'd probably maintain his status inside the top five. And the other one is the young Canadian, Felix Auger-Aliassime. You know, did such a great job to get to six in the world. It added Tony Nadal to the coaching camp. You know, a really um, good, solid young guy who had gone past Shapovalov as the leading Canadian. Uh, not as flashy as Shapovalov, mm. but more rock solid and have built some great foundations. But gee, you know, when you when you go out first round of three of the four majors yeah. this year, that just really hurts you. So yeah, he just didn't didn't get it done. And on the women's side. I mean, to me, the standout on the back of making two quarterfinals in 2022 was our very own Isla mm. Tomjanovic. I mean, she only played nine matches. We didn't see her jewels until the US Open and a year that she'd love to forget. I mean, she did win a little WTA 125 about two weeks ago. That might be a little catalyst. She was pretty rusty at the Billie Jean King Cup. So she's only she can only hope that the body can, um, you know, get, a, get, a, get itself together for 2024 because she... Yeah, she was on the cusp of, you know, perhaps going into the top 20 this year. That's nine more matches than Nick, unfortunately. Yeah, and who knows when he'll come back. So, yeah, obviously there's all the reports about, you know, Kyrgios' own words mixed in with his manager's words on SCN. I heard those the other day. You know, we don't really know. Uh, I did say in an interview with uh, Sam and Simon on Breakfast a couple of weeks ago that I've just got my doubts. Yeah, that, you know, that's he fair can enough. Come back yeah, he can come back physically from these injuries, just the way, where that young generation underneath him, the level they're playing at and the physicality they're bringing, there's no shortcuts. He's ticking over another year. He's getting towards, you know, what, 30 years of age. And I think it's going to be a bit of a battle, but, yeah, we'll watch this space. Give us a couple of names we should be looking out for in 2024. Yeah, well, Jules, I sort of alluded to it with uh, the year that Alina Svitolina has had, but, you know, there's so much intrigue about the... Um, of the returning mums of uh, 2024. We've already had, you know, Caroline Wozniacki yep. uh, come back in the latter part of uh, this year. And, uh, you know, certainly she showed that, you know, she could be capable of maybe not reaching the heights that she once was, but certainly been extremely competitive on the tour. And we're going to see, obviously, the return of Naomi Osaka. Uh, I'm intrigued about the Osaka journey back uh, from, you know, becoming a mum. She's teamed up again with uh, Wim Fassett, the, the Belgium coach, who's coached a lot of players to, you know, great results across the journey. He and Naomi actually had developed a really good relationship. I think, there, uh, you know, there's certainly been some complexities around coaching Naomi and developing a rapport with her, uh, but Wim seems to have struck a chord. So he's back in the fold. Uh, she's been training over there in LA. You know, we'll get a, a look at her in Brisbane to get a feel of just what you know, her game looks like. Angie Kerber, you know, is a three-time Grand Slam champion, has won the Australian Open uh, she's coming back a little bit older, uh, you know, older than what was the Aki was uh, this year, so it'll be intriguing. And Emma Raducanu, not necessarily coming back as a mum, but as a Grand Slam <laughs> champion, clearly. Uh, <laughs> don't know about. That is a fact. Um, but she's had she's had a really tough year. I mean, to be all honest, to, you know, probably if I can just say the worst thing that probably happened to Emma Raducanu is winning a Grand Slam yeah. so young because mm-hmm. and so unexpectedly because every match she has played after has been so heavily scrutinised. She hasn't been able to just let, allowed to be a teenager and just develop. Uh, but look, she's had a tough year with injury. We'll see her back as well. And I think on the men's side, I mean, you can't go past the Nadal comeback and yep. what that is going to look like. I mean, Jules, it's been a 
a treacherous period from the Dale to even get back to considering playing. I mean, you know, I was reading an interview today with Carlos Moyer, his coach, where he said it's been such slow progress. Obviously, he had the, the ab- abdomen issue. He's had the, the hip issue. Uh, further surgery this year. Didn't really start training until the end of August, and they've had to go really, really steady to then make a decision to come to Australia and have a crack at Brisbane as a starting point leading into the AO. Look, he wants to finish his career on court. There's no doubt. Whatever that looks like, I think his own expectations are clearly tempered about winning more majors, but he wants to go out in the true Nadal, gritty, uh, fighting way that he has played his whole career as one of the great warriors of the sport. And I, I think the other part of it is, you know, the young guns around Djokovic. You know, can Alcaraz get his mojo back? Is Sinner ready to step up and win a slam? Holger Runa with Boris Becker as his coach, is he ready to step up and win a slam or does Djokovic hold sort of status quo? I think that battle between the young and the uh, the greatest will be fascinating to watch also in 2024. Yeah, it's great seeing some of those names uh, back on the tour, as you mentioned, Major Wizards, Wozniacki, Osaka, Kerber and Nadal. So what's the big story in tennis going to be in 2024? Never easy to forecast. There's storylines left, right and centre. But if you could try and predict one, what will it be? Well, uh, the, the biggest story right now is what is uh, Saudi Arabia and tennis mm. going to look like? There's a union... Somewhere there, it, it, there's a lot of talks going on. We've just seen the next-gen finals, so the best 21 and unders, which was in Milan for five years, go to Jeddah in Saudi Arabia. The crowds weren't outstanding, but they did put on a good show there. And obviously, it's all about trying to inspire the young generations, a pretty young population over there to you know, con, you know, consider tennis. Uh, obviously, there's the talk of perhaps an, an added ATP Masters 1000 for January 2025, which would collide with our Australian summer, how that's going to look like. The WTA looking to take their finals to Saudi Arabia in, in a five-year deal, which would be worth a hell of a lot of money to the WTA, who don't have the finances that the ATP do. So these are delicate discussions. Obviously, Saudi Arabia through golf and football and other sports have got themselves heavily involved and you know gained a lot of power. I don't think tennis want to allow them to totally control the sport, but how's it going to look? There's been talk about maybe a premium tour developing you know, of the slams and then the masters, but the ATP has squashed that. I mean, until tennis... Tennis is still quite fragmented, Jules, yeah. with the seven governing bodies. Somehow they've got to come together for the better interests of the sport. So I think that is the big picture topic um, of what tennis actually looks like in the next 20 years. It'll really start to emerge in 2024. Yeah, it's going to be one to follow. Just quickly, given Novak won three slams and lost a final, a classic final to Alcaraz, mm. could he win the Grand Slam? Is it out of the question? Oh, you'd never say never. I mean, he, he's, his whole schedule is really the slams now, and it's uh, he plays the bulk of the Masters, and he'll play some Davis Cup. And that and that allows you really good breaks in between, which the top echelon players, you, you've earned that. Uh, so he comes into the majors, you know, cherry ripe. He knows, what, he knows how to pace himself across two weeks. Look, it's certainly achievable. Uh, I mean, he, he's one that... You know, Roger can only win the French once through the period of dominance of Nadal and everyone else has, you know, really struggled. And then Djokovic has won that three times now. Um, you know, he'd love to get that Wimbledon one back. That stung. That really stung. That's, that's a place that he was looking to, what, equal Federer's eight uh, last year. So there's still so much driving uh, Novak. And I think he's going to put the foot down, Jules. While, that, while the body's still in good nick, he can really 
be the undisputed, if you're just going on stats, he can be the undisputed greatest of all time by getting some real separation over Nadal and Federer. So I, I think he'll be hell-bent on trying to do it, but we'll see what happens. BP, as always, uh, thanks for your time. Uh, you and your family have a great Christmas and a great New Year because we know you were the busiest man on this station in January. We can't wait uh, for the summer of tennis to get underway. Uh, I look forward to bringing it to everyone on SCN. It'll be great to be in the bunker as we are in the nice little cosy bunker jewels on RLA. Beautiful spot. Uh, Brett Phillips uh, summing up the year in tennis in 2023 and looking forward to 2024.